Welcome back to Mages and Murder Dads, the best show dedicated to the games beyond Baldur's Gate. This is episode 47, and we're playing Planescape Torment. Mm, still, we're on it. We're on that Planescape train. We are. We're, we're taking, uh, we're taking baby steps, I would say. I think we're taking, as it's known, our sweet time. Our sweet time. I'm Cameron, and I play the Nameless One. And I am Danny, and I play... The nameless one. Oh golly! And yeah, I think in this episode we we've done some plot, some side quests, some world building, some thinking, some thinking. I think we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, we the back half of the last episode we talked about some kind of meta, meta issues and meta concepts with uh, with Planescape Torment, but I think we'll probably start with that. But Danny, what has happened in this game? so far mm, i gotta i gotta get a little bit more abbreviated each time you're mm -hmm. a nameless one you're a zombo you don't know who you are you're trying to figure out who you are you've been you kind of woke up in a weird place and and you figured out because of the of a a real memento situation tattoo on your back you got to find this person named farad we did a lot of venturing we found farad at the bottom of the trash heap Farid made us get a thing, and we went and got the thing that we needed to get. Then Farid is like, hey, my daughter will help figure out your origin story. She She's the one that found your corpse last, because we just keep dying, and we can't remember. And that's kind of where we begin. You've been hoodwinked. You've been bamboozled. Bamboozled. Been stupefied. Really, truly owned. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah yeah so so her name is anna mm -hmm. and we get her as like a party member here ferret says you know here's my daughter who's a uh, tiefling i believe who's a tiefling yeah and who has like a thick <laughs> like an irish brogue mm -hmm. <laughs> it's it's a which is a pretty weird I don't know. I think that's a weird choice. He didn't have an accent of any sort. And no well, was he voice acted? Uh, he wasn't. I think that canonically, Farad is Irish. But he... Uh, her her sentences are written out in such a way that you could... If you read them out loud, you would get an Irish accent. For him, mm -hmm. there's no... None of that. Did you... Did you talk... Have you talked with her yet? Yeah. Like, had a conversation? What did your... Conver what was your conversation with her? Ooh... It's interesting. So, the, I immediately talked to her when the when the chapter began, or when our mm -hmm. session began, and I um, I asked her, "Hey, where where did you find my body?" And she said, "Yeah, I found it in this really weird place. It's this weird place where like they, people hear all these like ooh these spooky moaning sounds, and they think it's ghosts, but they're dumb. They're dumb. They aren't ghosts at all. It's just the wind blowing through shit." Because, of course, in this world we live in with fantastical, uh, you know, fl floating people with hammers or, or endlessly repairing things and a lady of pain and and just, like, walls that talk to you, of course there can't be ghosts. That's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, that... <laughs> the, the attachment to, like, serious realism. This character is a magical demon person with wings. Yeah. Yeah. 
So one anyway. of your one of your friends at the point she joins you is a skull is just a horny <laughs> skull that floats around. Yeah, and that's but ghosts. <laughs> that's a bridge too far. That's a bridge too far. That's the that's the root of all problems in Planescape. It's just all like the real world. problems, just like the real world. But yeah, so I talked to her about that, and then I got the feeling, I'm like, ooh, my skull tingles. Have you noticed every time somebody lies to you, your skull tingles, just like in real life? Is that true? Does that, does that actually... I mean, I guess that's true. I don't... I have not <laughs> noticed that, but I believe you. Okay. Um, I was like, ooh, something's wrong about your story. You're like, well, what, are you, what were you doing in this weird alleyway that no one goes to? And she, and she was like, oh, well, you know, all the corpses are, you know, t- spoken for in other places because she, following in the footsteps of her father, is also a uh, a person that you know, grabs up corpses and sends them into this kind of gray economy. And, um, and you get the feeling, oh, she's not telling the truth, but she doesn't even know she's lying. She doesn't really even know why she was there. Mm, plot twist. So that's when I talked to her. That's what I got. Hmm. You didn't ask her anything about Farid? No, I didn't ask anything about Farid. If you ask her about Farid, you get this long conversation that I'm assuming can pay off at some point. I, mm. I have not attempted to pay it off. But I just think it's really weird, which is why I bring it up. Mm-hmm. You're like, hey, the, the way the conversation goes is this. You say, hey, isn't it weird that when Farid left earlier, he was gone for just a second and then he came back and he had a bunch of stuff? for me oh you, yeah. yeah we did talk about like i was i it, it wasn't necessarily about fair it was like where i was asking her hey did i have anything on my body mm-hmm. when you picked me up and she gave me like a ring yeah um and it's a magical ring i haven't identified it and i was like well what about anything else and he was like well ferret might have kept some other things and i was like well where do you reckon he keeps those things because i'm still we're still looking for our journal yeah yeah, and so she, so yeah, you have this kind of like, you can get there from two different points, um, conversation points. But yeah, eventually she's like, or, or you, the two of you together are like, well, you know, he he does have one, like a leg that doesn't work as well as the other leg. Mm-hmm. So he couldn't have gone too far. So what if his staff is a portal key that like takes you to a pocket plane? And she's like, huh, wouldn't that be weird? And you're like, yeah, that'd be weird. And then the conversation is done. Mm. So I'm also, I think at back. some point she says, it's just an act. He does. He isn't actually, he doesn't actually have trouble getting around. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, tricky. A thief, as it were. Oh, my. Yeah, this is not uh, Farage and Progeny. This is Mages and Murder Dads. No, no, let's... That's the last we'll ever hear of Farad. I'm sure, no, right? No, it won't, because we're going to talk about Farad again in a minute. But, <laughs> well. uh, but yeah, so... The very first episode, I went into a place called the Smoldering Corpse Bar. Yeah. And you did not. I didn't. But, but in this episode, you did. In this episode, we did. So, do you want to talk a little bit about what the Smoldering Corpse Bar is? I just want to hear your impressions. I think this is one of the coolest... Well, let me... Better to phrase it this way. This is one of the most memorable and, like, kind of fan-loved areas in Planescape Torment. Mm-hmm. You know, this uh, is the the Friendly Arm Inn. This is the, um, the Copper Coronet for this game, right? Yeah. 
I, so, I kind of want to hear your initial impression because I have a very, like, I complete a quest immediately when I go in here. Really? Yeah. I didn't complete any quests. Yeah, <laughs> so you tell me, like, your first impression because I do something that fundamentally changes the way this bar works, I think. Hmm. Yeah, so, so you go in here and there's, like, a big spinning corpse on fire in the mm -hmm. middle of it. And uh, it's called the Smoldering Corpse Bar. And you can, like, talk to someone who's there who's basically like a hostess. And you can be like... And what? her name's Drusilla, I think? Mm, sure. I believe you. Yeah. Uh, her name is Drusilla, I guess. And, uh, yeah, you're like, what the hell's going on with that? And she's like, well, that's a wizard. And his name <laughs> is Ignis. And uh, he pissed a bunch of people off. And so they turned his body into... A portal to the elemental plane of fire and they thought it would kill him but it didn't <laughs> and mm -hmm. that's it and he's so just he, like eternally burning yeah like writhing in pain in the in the middle of this inn and he's just kind of like a conversation piece you know he's like yeah. if if it were called the rusty sword there'd be know, a rusty can, sword in the middle you know above the bar or something or if it were called the um you know the patchwork minotaur there might mm -hmm. be a, a quilt with a big minotaur you know, mm -hmm. on the floor, something like that. But uh, yeah, so it's just there, and and there are all these pockets of people or or beings, I guess I should say, say around. There's like um, a thief who's trying to uh, navigate their way around the hive, who, who's kind of new there. There are a couple demons from the Blood War. We're gonna hear more about the Blood War later in this game, mm. so I don't want to talk about it too much. But they're like demons who are they are AFK from battle, as it were. <laughs> Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and then there are like some other people who are like adventurers in the plains basically they're people who have like rolled around enough that they're you know a level 10 fighter and they go around to different places and, and kick ass like these are kind of people who you remember all the way back in episode one where you talked to that woman who like walked through a gateway and ended up in sigil Yes. Like, a lot of these people are people who did that and then made the best of it, or were able to do that a little bit more intentionally. Mm, really so pulled themselves up by their bootstraps in this Or just, like, world. had a sword, and they weren't <laughs> a level one dirt farmer when they yeah, went through the portal. Yeah, right? it's really important to uh, to be qualified when you're chosen mm -hmm. by Sigil. <laughs> You, you want martial weapons. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just, just basically. Exotic weapons wouldn't hurt. It, it wouldn't. Uh, yeah, you want anything other than, like, improvised weapon. But, yeah. um, see, there's that. This is where we meet uh, Dakin, who is, like, the uh, the Gith Yankee or Gith Razai. Uh, I don't remember. He's one of the Gith. He is a Gith, um, mm -hmm. and he's, like, a party member now for me. But this is a place where you can pick him up. So, yeah, it's just, like, this kind of intermingling. You can spend a lot of time having a lot of different conversations in this bar. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. So I went in the bar the very first time after all of our experiences, like going to Ragpicker Square, having to go through the catacombs in order to retrieve the bronze sphere. Remember that? Like mm -hmm. that's the I, that's the little MacGuffin that Farid wanted us to get in order to like continue, right? Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, while you're down in the catacombs, uh, there was this little side quest with... Um, 
gill, I think, the, the creature, like the wall, the animated wall, or like the, the, the kind of statue in the wall that was made to like continuously spew sewage water out of his mouth. Mm-hmm. There's more to that quest? Yes. Oh. Because okay. when, when you get the decanter... Um, and you use it on him, which I think we both said, oh, we may have, like, forgotten to actually, like, completely finish the quest. You can ask him, hey, what's the deal with this decanter? And he gives you, he tells you, uh, yeah, you can unlock its full potential by going to this woman named Namil in the Cleric District. Yeah, I do remember that. I do remember mm-hmm. him saying that, like, the pay, the real payoff for the quest would be changing the decanter. Yeah. Um, and anyway, at the end of, uh, and we're kind of going in, in backwards, but at the end of this section you, you uh, that we're about to play, you unlock uh, get, being able to get to the, the cleric area. So when I get to the cleric, so when I like get to that point, I immediately go to the cleric area and find Namil, who is very cool. Um, I get like an elf-like vibe with her, but she speaks in the third person, and then she'll say things like, Oh, um, she doesn't say I whisper, but she's, she'll say something like, she whispers into your ear the secret. And then there's a flash in your mind of her doing that. Oh. Yeah, it's very interesting. I think it was just, like, it's so interesting, like, how creative um, the writers of this game get with this format. With, with yeah. this little the, the little text and... That's how you communicate, and that's how you engage in quests, and that's like the narrative section of this game is all interacting with just like you reading text and, and hitting little dialogue options, right? Um, but very creative stuff. So anyway, you um, when you talk to Namil, you can ask, hey, how, what's the deal with this decanter? And Namil will like give you this weird elven-type word that you can say to unlock the decanter. So then... I went, I went to the Smoldering Corpse Bar because you told me to. And I went up to Ignis, and it was like, hey, d- dump this decanter on him. Oh, because so, because the decanter is, like, connected to the elemental, elemental plane, of, plane water. of water. Okay. I remember so, that initially because it's pure water. So I, like, pour open... I open up the decanter and start pouring it, pouring it. And... It bursts into shards, and there's this horrible sound, and my ears start bleeding, and I and I because of like the this uh, the, like the sound of an infinite amount of water hitting an infinite amount of fire, like that's hmm. what it sounds like. And then everything goes quiet, and like the burning corpse is still there, but then he speaks to me, and it's Ignis, and Ignis Damn. says. I'm forever in your debt. We're dying together, buddy. And he joins my party. What? <laughs> yes. He becomes a party member? Yes. Man, people hate that dude. <laughs> <laughs> like, he pissed a lot of people off. He was, I think he was evil, at least according to, like, the stories. Apparently. Although there, there are multiple stories you can hear. Uh, you can talk to, I forget the person's name, but they're in, like, the far left of the bar. And if you already know the official story from from the uh, kind of uh, introductory person, then you can talk to him, and he's like, "Oh yeah, actually, that story is more complicated." And he like gives you additional information. Mm-hmm. And now that I think about it, it does sound a lot like the story that um, the the 
face in the wall gave you two. It's a very mm-hmm. similar, like, people in power versus people who aren't in power, but they're all wizards and shit, so then therefore... Yeah. So I wonder if they're related. Um, but anyway, that's right when I stopped. Is like, I knew I needed to go to the Smoldering Bar and, like, do do a quest to talk about, but I I don't know. They'll have to rename themselves. Uh, we ain't got a corpse bar. They're probably pissed off. You didn't talk to anyone? <laughs> I did. Well, no, I went to talk to Drusilla. Mm-hmm. Um, and immediately Ignis goes to embrace her and she embraces him back and is just consumed by fire and dies. He might be bad. Have you thought that he might be evil? I think that Drusilla was in love with Ignis. I think that they were, because uh, in a, in a, I think in a previous load, like I broke this quest the first time I tried it. Hmm. Um, and I talked to Drusilla the first time and she's like, please save him. So, I don't know. It may have been consensual. Consensual murder. Uh, uh, consumption through flame. Sure. Well, I, murder does have some implications. Yeah. <laughs> As a term. Yeah. Hmm. We should well, know. It's right in the title. It's right. Well, just dads. Mm-hmm. Speaking of dads, if you didn't go see our, uh, you didn't watch our God of War preview from last week, that is available. That'll be linked at the end of this video, I'm sure. Good. You should go check that out. What else do you do? Well, I went back and and reunited Namil with uh, kind of like her little quest. Like it's it, it's it's a very like classic World of Warcraft. Gets sent to a person to end a quest. That person begins a mini quest, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Namil was looking for Aelwyn, uh, which the relationship between the two is ambiguous, but they appear to be like kin somehow. They both seem like super long lived. Aelwyn does not speak in the, this third person. Aelwyn just kind of speaks in you know in in the first person, and uh, Aelwyn says, hey, hey, you know, you've reunited me with Namil. You've like we've been looking for each other and and you like told us how to found, find each other. So let me give you a let me give you a scoop. I've met you like a couple times. The most recent time wasn't long ago, only fifty years ago. Um only fifty years ago. Only fifty years ago. The first time was like two hundred and fifty years ago. And you were kind of courting me back then. But before we got together, you died like you got murdered. (laughs) And then 50 years ago, we met again and you were like really pissed at me and you started to choke me to death. So I controlled your mind and made you jump out of a window and you died. Really? Really? Isn't it weird how like the routine conversations you have are like the wildest shit we ever heard in Baldur's Gate? (laughs) <laughs> i mean that is true right I, I mean i think that's the but yeah it's just absolutely like the most bonkers thing that could happen in in just a tabletop D setting right where like yeah. no one has prepared anything but you've been looking through the monster manual and you're like god i just want to there's a, a a beast made of tentacles and beaks i gotta get that in my damn game what if it like ran a store and that's Planescape Torment. Yeah, I think Planescape Torment is op- it's like the dungeon like the DMG when you could roll D100 for like, oh, who's the shopkeeper? And it's always 99. <laughs> yeah. It's like you don't roll, you just look and you choose the wildest thing on there. Mm-hmm. Uh it's a man made of pure energy 
and he <laughs> is welded via a mind link to I don't know twelve bricks with runes <laughs> carved in them. And what does he sell? Let me let me consult that chart. Oh, the souls of goblin kings. Mm. Mm-hmm. And they're from everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, excuse me, DM. Uh, where does he get them all? Uh, sigil. You're in sigil. <laughs> it luckily everywhere connects to here. All literally all narrative roads <laughs> lead to sigil. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like um, the the ceiling for creativity is much higher in Planescape because it can just be whatever bonkers thing that that writer came up with. Exactly. We see the other end of that too. In in just a minute, we'll talk about it. But in the Tenement of Thugs, there's like a blind character named Tiresias. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which is like, as far as I'm concerned, the bottom of the barrel Mm -hmm. when it it comes to like creative illusion. (laughs) Um, Which is fine. Like the bottom of the barrel is, is, is... is it's dependable it's always there it works like sure. it's not a critique but you know a man hugged someone and they burst into flame that's cool mm-hmm. yeah but anyway all right um but speaking of this did you see the tweets from uh josh sawyer this week i did not well basically you said that computer rpgs and rpgs in general could be a lot more interesting and do a lot more things if the audience were more accepting of uh, non-traditional or non-classical ideals in these games. Hmm. So, what what do you think he what what do you think he's engaging with there? Like, what would be an example of something that the audience isn't ready for? Well, in the in the thread, he specifically called out stuff like Fiasco and uh, what Dogs in the Vineyard mm-hmm. is the name of that game. Mm-hmm. I think is that a that's a Vincent Baker. Vincent game, Baker, I think? yeah. Yeah. Um but these like taking the the ideals behind RPGs and then putting them in other genres and then using that to influence the thing that exists already. Yeah. Um one one could maybe think that I mean, you know, if you read Jason Schreier's Blood, Blood Sweat and Pixels, uh there's a chapter about pillars of pillars of eternity. And it seems like the creative team was really mournful and sad that they promised backers of that game that they were going to make two big hubs because they Mm. made one hub that was narratively sufficient and full and robust. And they just kind of had to tack an additional one on there. That's like the Elven Mm. City. Um, And they kind of felt like they weren't doing this because it added to the game. They were doing this because of just the expectations of fans of the genre yeah the game did not need it the backers needed it and i understand Mm -hmm. i you know i i would never be critical of that kind of decision like once you go down the crowdfunding road you have made choices about what kind of creative control you're going to you know cede to your audience Mm -hmm. and you know those people are backing it because they wanted a bigger better Baldur's gate basically right Mm -hmm. um and they kind of got one i've been playing through that game it is cool but all of that is to say All right. that there are people who are making these kind of uh, throwback games who are really thinking about the bounds of the, the genre and um, the mechanical heart of these games. So mm-hmm. maybe we'll get I'm, some zany stuff later, too. Yeah, I'm interested in... And no spoilies, because I know you've played it. I'm interested to see how some of the promises of this game get paid off in the Tides of Numenera. I think you'll yeah. be very. I think you will be pleasantly surprised in some ways, and kind of like weirdly disappointed in others. Okay. Um, well. 
which is maybe all games. That's that is a wide <laughs> enough descriptor, but mm-hmm. but uh, you know, yeah, yeah, it's a cool game. Like I, you know, I think it's a game worth playing. I'm going to be very excited to talk through it. Uh, there are some cool characters in it for sure. Hmm. Um. So. We both kind of. So, what was uh, you? Did you do like a little side quest in the Smoldering Corpse Bar? I, I did not. Not in the mm-hmm. Smoldering Corpse Bar. Um, did, I did go to the Tattoo Parlor. Have you been there yet? Ooh, which where, which zone is that in? That's in the same zone as the Corpse Bar. It's like okay. all the way to the right side of the screen. It's in the uh, southeast corner of the Hive, I think. Yes, correct. Mm-hmm. You didn't. So you didn't do that. I did not. It is cool. Um, so you go in there, and I just went in because it was a tattoo parlor. Um, there's a Davis in there, right? Yeah, we remember these fellas. They're constantly repairing and you know reorganizing the 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 city. They're tearing it down. They're building it up. They're making it perfect. Mm-hmm. They're and they're kind of like the servants of the Lady of Pain, right? They kind yeah. of serve at her will and whim. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so you go in there, and there's Davis there. He's hanging out, and uh, it's unsettling. Like, you get this kind of narrative exposition that says, like, it's unsettling to look at this Davis, and you can't quite figure out why, and then as you're looking at him, you realize that his feet are on the ground. He is not floating around like the other Davis are Ooh, doing. wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Did you say wrong? Wrong. Bad. Wrong. Bad. <laughs> wrong. Yeah. Uh, so he, uh, you know, they only talk in sigils, mm-hmm. right? That kind of float above their heads. So there is, uh, I, I think it's like a white, I don't remember exactly what it is, but it's like a, I, I believe like a white sigil with like a th- black thunderbolt through it. And, uh, you, you can either translate yourself or you can ask a party member to translate. Mm-hmm. I got Dakin or Dakon. We need to. I need to figure out how you say this guy's name. But sure, um, I I got him to translate for me just because. But even before I could do that, so Anna, uh, and I'm really glad I waited to come to here when I had her, um, as opposed to coming here earlier. Because she's like, oh shit, that's Fell. We have to leave. Oh and shit, like, that's Fell. Yeah, and I'm like, I don't, I mean, I, I knew this was Fell's tattoo parlor based on the map, right? But mm-hmm. beyond that, I didn't know anything. And uh, she's like, yeah, we have to get out of here. He's he's cursed. And, you know, you can kind of get why he would be cursed or what the, that he, he doesn't float, right? So something weird is going on with this dude. Mm-hmm. And she's like, yes, the Lady of Pain pays attention to this guy. And no one wants the Lady of Pain to pay attention to them. That is bad. So we need to get out of here so we don't become embroiled in his stuff. And so, of course, I became embroiled in Embro- his stuff. Immediately embroiled. I am in there. I'm in the pot uh, with Fel. Um, and, and the the basic, so the initial thing I do with him is I just talk with him, and I find out that you can talk to him and buy tattoos. He's like a, hmm. he's a legit tattoo artist. And they're stat boosts. So you can get, like, uh, I've, they all have, you know, particular names, but it's like the Tattoo of Fortitude, and it's plus one strength. Huh. Yeah, and you pay money for it, and it just goes on you. And I, I, I'm i assuming you can only have a couple at a time or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those are cool. Those are interesting. But what's really cool is that each of your party members also has a particular tattoo that is dedicated to them. So you can get the Tattoo of the Skull. 
that is huh. a tattoo of Mort. So literally, you're going to get tattoo of Mort on you. And it, like the Mort one gives you like increased charisma and some other stuff. And the the tattoo of uh, of Anna gives you better thieving skills, things oh, like that. Oh, you, it's it's showing your dedication to that person. Yeah, yeah, you're like learning a little bit from them, and you know, because all this like magic weirdness to it, right? You're literally, you know, maybe fell. This is not explicitly told or anything like that, but what I took from it is that fell can look at someone. And then kind of boil them down to an essence, and then imbue that essence onto something else. Mm-hmm. But here's like, so that is cool, right? By yeah. itself, that is cool. I, although I have to wonder, is it is it kind of the thing? The reason why you get those skills when you get a tattoo, it's like if you get drunk and you get a, a tattoo of William Henry Harrison, like right on your ass, right? Uh huh. Yeah. I feel like. It's so expensive to get that removed. I feel like the first thing you're going to do is do a lot of research about William Henry Harrison. <laughs> right? You're going to learn everything he's ever known, right? So hold because on really quickly. So you're so, you're you're a pot committed as it were. In your example, you are shit-faced blind drunk. Yeah. And you determine I'm going to get a tattoo of William Henry Harrison, but before I get there, I'm going to read the Wikipedia page is what you're telling no, me? No, it's after after you wake uh, up and it's already there. You're like, I, I need to do some research on <laughs> William Henry Harrison now. I see. So you're yeah. you're already committed to it. Yeah, you're committed. You're you're in there. I see what you're saying. Yeah, that checks out. Mm-hmm. So it, maybe that's it. I don't know. Uh, but but that that's cool by itself. That's not the coolest thing about Fell and the tattoo. Oh, okay. Part. So you can say, hey, will you please read my tattoos? Because, you know, your body is all Ooh. scarred up and you've got tattoos all you over you and stuff like that. You do some tattoo interpretation here. Exactly. And so he reads the one on your back, right? The, the one that Mort read you in the beginning and didn't read the don't trust the skull part, all of that. And he's like, yeah, this is just, this is just, it's just words on your back. Don't worry about mm-hmm. it. He says, but the, the one interesting tattoo on your body is on your shoulder and you have a tattoo called that that represents it's like i guess a symbol uh for torment like the word and concept of torment Mm. and he says that that tattoo is the reason that people who have trauma in their lives or people who are lost or people who are in pain that's the reason that they gravitate toward you the nameless one is because you have taken into your body and onto your body in the same way that those other tattoos of those people take on characteristics of those people and kind of imprint them into you, that torment as a concept is written into your body now. And that's why this like narrative universe builds around you, is because, because of what you've put on yourself. We are just a nexus of pain. Yeah, that's pretty good. I think that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. conceptual storytelling but i'll do you one better okay so he's like yeah and you know we've met a million times like i know you and you actually he actually to to be clear he actually kind of leads with that he's like yeah okay. i know you i've seen you die a bunch of times i've seen your corpse i've seen you like completely perish not just die in the way we do in this game where we like end up in the mortuary but like die die get annihilated yes 
And he's like, yeah, everything I know about tattoos I've learned from you by studying your skin. Whoa. Yeah, and you can be like, well, what's behind that curtain back there, Fell? And he's like, yeah, that's where the skins are. And so you can click on the curtain and go down this pathway, and there's just like a huge array. There's probably like eight of them of giant stretched human skins that are former versions of you. The skins of former versions of you. Whoa. Yeah. It's it's pretty cool. You should go look at it. It's it's pretty good. Oh, rad. So you can see your former skins. Yes. Which which really like puts some context. I mean, we've already gotten a lot of this information um in various ways, but there in this game so far, one could assume that when you are dying and 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 coming back that you're the same person in the same body. Mhm. I think this implies, and as well as like that stuff that we learned in that tomb, sure that that is not the case. Like you, it's not necessarily the case that there are types of death that we can die where we are obliterated and somehow we get reformed. Exactly. Like yeah, yeah. There's permadeath, and yet, mm-hmm. you know, you were reincarnated or something like that. Um, kind of, kind of hand wavy of it, but yeah, yeah. It's just very cool. I think. Mm. Mm-hmm. No, that's interesting. But that's the only uh, side quest you think I did. Okay. And really, it wasn't a side quest, just a long conversation. That's pretty good, though. It, it is really good. And, and I would suggest going looking at those tattoos. They're very affordable, and they are <laughs> decent stat boosts. Did you get a wisdom one? Uh, I tried to, and it wouldn't let me buy one. I couldn't quite figure out why. Ooh, I, be- I bet it only lets you buy some for like stats under a certain level that, that could be it that could yeah. be it because i that would, that would be wisdom that would be how i uh how i would design it at least yeah interesting though so, so shall we get to like the actual plot of this episode well i i want to ask one more question or not yeah. a question but just to put something forward because i don't think there's a good answer to it yet but it does come up again later and it's worth just putting out there Mm-hmm. That multiple times in this episode, the phrase, what can change the nature of a man, has showed up. Mm-hmm. Like, did you see that appear? Oh, I, I have but once, but I don't remember at what point. Fell said it to me, and then I was talking to did, someone did in the Anna dust bar. Did talk about it? Mm, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, one of the dustmen. I went back to, to try to join the dustmen faction. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just didn't do the side quest yet, so I haven't joined them. But when I was talking to the person about it, like, he kind of went stone solid. And I could hear all these different, like, uh, uh, a polyphony of voices coming out of his face. Like, Mm -hmm. time was stopped and, like, all these souls were talking out of him. It was very descriptive. Um, And one of the snippets of dialogue of that is what can change the nature of a man. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, just, just to put that out there, that is something in the mix that is showing up in more than one place. Um, and it's happening all the way, you know, at this point in the game. Which it makes sense for that to be a theme because we start the game tabula rasa, but with this unknown to us history that everyone else around us knows. And it seems as though our fate is kind of written in the stars that certain people in the world are privy to, but we are not. Mm Mm-hmm. And there's this idea that we are doomed to repeat the mistakes of our past and that we have done that before and we shall do it again. So 
I mean, it makes sense to me that that's a live question here, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, that that and what does what does change, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, I feel like the what can change is the the thing it gets focused on or is easy to focus on that question, but the question of what change itself is, right? Yeah. Not just what can do the changing, but what what does change mean, right? Is it just arbitrary decisions? Is it um, the kind of impact you have on the world? You know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Anyway, yeah. it'll come up again. Yeah, so tell us about the plot, the real game. I mean, basically, all we're doing is uh, Anna is taking us to where she found us. Yep. Because she was the one, it is revealed, that discovered our corpse. Yep. And I don't know. I didn't find this super engaging, like getting there. Did you? Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was interesting. I don't know if I found it super engaging. Um, I mean, that the Tiresias thing <laughs> happens sure. in the middle. So I don't... Yeah, you go through two different places. Well, you you go through one place. Did, did you uh, pay attention to how you found that door to the alley? Yes, it's it's some real painted world shit. It is painted world shit. Miyazaki. Miyazaki. Mm, tormenting me again. <laughs> That's how I got the idea. Yeah, so, t- like, we are... Uh, we're not drawn into a painting, per se, but the door is obfuscated by a painting of some sort. Yeah, it's, like, like painted all it is over. A, it, there's kind of an illusory door there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wait. Um, and it's only when you like take a take a leap of faith and like reach out that you actually like engage the door and you you arrive on the other side. There's kind of a cult of there's like kind of a dog themed cult or group that's active here. Yeah, could you figure them out? No, I just yeah. ran from them. They were dangerous. Yeah, I didn't. I I couldn't. Yeah, they're called like the screaming dogs or something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you just like ran through that big group of them. Did you talk to that woman before you ran through them? Yeah, unfortunately. Um, I said, "Hey, what's the deal?" And she's like, "Oh, it's dangerous in there. There, watch out." And so I had to go upstairs to get the key, obviously. And then I got the key, and I was like, "Ooh, Anna can like go stealth." Mm-hmm. So I had her go stealth, and I opened the door, and. Those people like came through the door and then killed that woman who was just waiting outside, and then I just had Anna go through and uh, and like exit. Only that you do not have to gather your party before venturing forth in this game. Yeah, at least not here. Yeah, at least not here. Um, so. It's very funny that you did the alternate route but did not read the dialogue box to tell you what to do with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, well, so we talked to that woman. She says, hey, look, check it out. If you, there's a bunch of cultists in there, and they're all doing cult shit or whatever. Yeah, and it's a big gathering. There's a dozen of them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And there could be more, there could be less. You know, she's not quite sure. And you can go upstairs to find, you know, these, these leaders, and they have a key. And if you go through the, uh, I guess it would be southeast door, so the southwest door, then you can go around to another door in the south of the room, away from the cultists, and you can go out the exit that way. That's what the key is for. 
Ooh. Is to go through like a second entrance. So you did all the additional like alternate route work just to go through the same room and kill that poor woman. But here's the thing. I did the same thing. <laughs> and I read the dialogue box. So like I fought my way up to the, uh, you know, the, the dudes at the top. And there was like a wizard there. And he killed me one time. And I was like, screw it. I'll just run through there. Yeah. Like my, my guy can resurrect people from death. It can't be mm-hmm. that bad. And so we like ran through and got all jammed up. But, uh, but one person made it through. So I resurrected everybody. And then... We, we made it through. But yeah, this is a... What I was talking about at the beginning of the episode, what we talked about kind of toward the end of the last episode, was how how the, the writing and the kind of top-level design of this game is awesome. Yes. Like how all those pieces fit together. The moment-to-moment gameplay <laughs> is... Uh, bad yeah <laughs> the fighting it, is brutal it's so bad and the combat ai just doesn't work <laughs> like it just like oftentimes i i will see my people kill kill another creature and just stand there mm-hmm. like they don't auto sequence into the next creature they just stand no. and wait for wait for the one-on-one combat to finish i have four party members yeah but but yeah, so yeah, this is just another moment of like, oh gosh, like maybe there was a way, maybe I could have talked my way through it. I don't know. You know, maybe I goofed it up somehow, but yeah, they just gave me the every, option. Every time I get into combat, I ju- am just like filled with regret <laughs> and, and just like, there has to be a way to avoid this fight, right? That's the only thing I can think of as it happens. Mm-hmm. Well, there was in this case. You just were not paying yeah. close enough attention. Mm-hmm. But also, like, the way that you could avoid this fight is not an interesting one in any way, right? Yeah. Go do another fight yeah. to this. With a, with a very dangerous, like, sorcerer person. Yeah, he, I, he killed me. And the <laughs> cultist didn't kill me. So, there you go. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, I, I I wish I would love that the if the enhanced edition had something that was like the good edit, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is just like it, it just cuts out the tenement of thugs because there's nothing here, right? No, it's please, just it's time to spend before you get to the next area, right? Yeah, and I guess that does exist. Like we could take this down to story difficulty or whatever, mm-hmm. and we probably have a better time. I'm I'm might do that if I if I can like find that in the options right yeah it's just in the normal it's in the options like it is in the other enhanced editions I might do mm-hmm. that too like I just don't the combat adds zero to this game it Correct. hurts this game in a significant way I think mm-hmm. um hmm. yeah we'll talk about it but yeah. I, yeah I think that might be worth it um so yeah it basically goes go through the tenement of thugs avoid these the these dog cultists right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get to the uh, to the alleyway, like the wailing alleyway. Uh, the alley of lingering sighs. I well, think you mean. Sometimes you wail, sometimes you sigh in a lingering fashion. Oh uh, yes, my favorite U two song. <laughs> Is that the full title? Yeah, that's uh, that's the full title. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so you get here and and. Uh, Anna is like, yeah, this is it. This is where it happened. Mm-hmm. 
wait, is that what happened? No, this is that's not what happens. It's in the next screen, right? My bad. Yeah, it's the next screen. We've got to go. There's a there is an actual alleyway, and um, there's a Davis here just knocking away at a wall. And in the south, there is a house. And if you go in the house, you'll find a dead Davis. Yes. With a with a hammer like that, the Davis's hammer, just chilling out. And there's no like immediate cause of death that you can see. Um, no. But you can use your uh, speak to corpses spell that you get as a mm-hmm. as a special nameless one, and. Basically, what you see, the last moments of this thing's life was it was trying to, like, claw its way out, but it couldn't. Like, it went in this home, and the home, like, suffocated it, basically. Yeah, the, the it goes inside, and the door disappears. Yeah. And since it's just a Davis, and all it does is repair things, it just kind of wandered around and, like, tried to repair things until it died. Mm-hmm. Why did that happen? Well, we find out when we get to the next screen, because we get to the next screen, and lo and behold, the true uh, progenitors of the universe, faces and walls, <laughs> reveal their plot. Um, there's one that's like, hey, I'll let you through. I will like be. I will act as an actual doorway, but um, you got to help me out, because it, it wants to divide. It wants to expand. It wants to create a new one. Which I think one of the characters in the game is like, is it pregnant? Like, that's the word that they use. Yes. Uh, Anna says that it's in a way. It's in It's in a way, yeah. It's in a way, yeah. Which is, uh, uh, you know, a euphemism for being, being pregnant. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, so it says, she's like, yeah, it's pregnant. And the reason that it can't divide is that the Davis in the other screen keeps repairing it. Yeah, and keeping it and like basically like sewing it closed repeatedly when it's trying to like crumble apart in different ways. Exactly. Um, and so, so yes, yeah, so you go back, and you 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 need a hammer and a pry bar. Already got the pry bar. Never dropping that. No, that thing is gone. If you had dropped that, have you just quit the game now? What? If you didn't have that pry bar, is that it? Is the game over? I don't know. I mean, I assume that you can find one. Mm-hmm. Right, you got to be able to find one here, right? But I don't. I kind of looked around, and I didn't. I didn't find one. I didn't know yeah. where it was. It could be in the screen, and like it was tab hidden, and I I didn't see it. But I did not find one around, mm-hmm. which is really weird. But maybe the game knows if you have one already. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Inventory. Maybe there's a flag, and yeah, 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 it would help you out. So basically, you have to. It's like you need to take care of the Davis, which one way you can take care of the Davis is just be like, hey, you might want to check out that house. I'm gone. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, that's really funny. I, I didn't get that option. Inter- oh, did you go in the house? I'd, I'd already gone in the house one time. Mm-hmm. But I had... I don't remember why. But So I tried to talk to... Anyway, point being is I tried to talk to the Davis. It was like, I have no time to talk to you. Like, it didn't even let me get into a dialogue box. It gave me, like, you know, like an NPC, like a, a civilian in Baldur's Gate, like one line above its head kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it was really weird. So I was like, well, I guess I got to kill this thing. And I slew that Davis. Dang, I sent him to the monster house. Well, the monster house is just the alleyway killing it, right? Yeah, it's okay. just the alley- alleyway, like, exerting its force on the on that house. Mm-hmm. 
so absolving you of, of sin. Yeah, yeah, I didn't have to do it. Yeah, so I like went and I like, I, I think nailed some boards together and I like pried some other boards apart. They're like places in the map that it encouraged you to go use your tools in. And so then I went over to the, uh, back to the alleyway. I was like, hey, I did all mm-hmm. this work. Go, go hog wild. Yeah. And then it does. And it does. It, it goes hog wild and a, a door is created. Well, like, did you watch the cutscene? Yes. It like literally is like birthing this next district out of itself. Which, like, really throws... Mm, it's the passageway to the district, right? No, no, it is not. If you watch that cutscene again, what is happening is there are, like, towers that do not exist are being plumed and blossomed out of the ground, out of rubble. Mm. Like, it is not opening up... Like, maybe it does open a passageway, but what is being depicted in that thing, in that cutscene, is something else. Well, what about, are all the people there? Are they brand new? Did they just get there? I, that's what I was going to say. I don't know. I don't, <laughs> but, but that's why I think it throws a lot of things into, like, question or, or I don't know. It, it, it's making a weird argument here, right? Kind of related to what we were saying about um, the Ragpicker Square and, uh, like, the levels of the city. Yeah. That, like... Sigil might have multiple multiple existing places that occupy the same space and just not the same time or the same consciousness at the same time. Yeah, you know what I mean, like like Tesseract style or mm-hmm. uh, alternate. We may have just style. tapped into a different facet. Yeah, of Sigil exactly that was already there. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. That cutscene is weird. Okay, I need to take a look at it then. Yeah, it is. It I is think worth that a lot of my preconceptions about what was supposed to happen colored my my perception of that video. Well, yeah, what the what what it tells you beforehand and what it implies afterward is it's very it, those match up. What happens in the cutscene does not, mm-hmm. um, which is just interesting. But also, the first time that we come here before we talk to the alleyway. Mm-hmm. Also, by the way, just a living alleyway. We didn't really pause on that. Yeah, it's like we're we we it's been normalized. This is Stein's. This is Stein's. You know, America, and now uh, sentient alleyways are just are just normalized, and we do, we don't bat an eye. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's, it's a very much a Danny the Street from Doom Patrol situation. Mm, you might not get yes. that reference, but someone will, and it'll it's good. Um, but yeah, so this like this happens, but the first time that we come in before we talk to it. Anna's like, here, here's the place where I found you. And then you like go stand there and you have like a flashback of what happened right before you died. Mm-hmm. And it's a bunch of those shadows coming for you. Wailing at you. Wailing on you, just beating the hell out of you. And was this or before or after we saw a cutscene with Farid? This is after, yeah. So what we forgot to say earlier is that when we went into the painted door... Yeah, to get to the the uh, tenement of thugs, we also saw a cutscene there where it was Farad getting surrounded by those same enemies. And these are the same enemies that we saw all the way back in episode one, mm-hmm. surrounding um, the uh, what do you call it the 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 slab that we woke up on at the very beginning of the game, and yes. that we saw also in the um, tomb after we left the tomb. Mm-hmm. So. All coming back around. 
Mm, this is going to be interesting. So, right no, us. we have we have talked about Farad the last time. Yeah. Well, we He's talked dead. about Farad, but not... Well, yes, he is dead. <laughs> He's dead. Yeah, Canonically. He's, yeah. Well, presi- well, I haven't I haven't gone back to check. Did you go back to check? No. Well, who knows? We don't need to. He's dead. Um... We open the alley, or whatever. Yeah. We go to this new area. So this is the cleric region. Um, two two separate areas. Okay. Anyway, mm-hmm. so we go in here, and as soon as we get here, someone comes up and they're like trying to sell us some clothes. Ah, and- the classic distract you as a clothes merchant mm-hmm. game. The uh, the Danny Ocean, as it mm-hmm. were. The Bernie Mac, mm-hmm. as it were. Mm-hmm. The Brad Pitt in that movie. Mm-hmm. That we could call it. Um, but yeah, so one guy comes up, tries to sell you clothes. Two were-rats begin having a very loud conversation about who to <laughs> kidnap. <laughs> and, and then they run up, they they grab the skull, and then they run off screen. Yeah. And then we never saw that skull again. Man, that's dramatic. I know. So, so uh, Mort is kidnapped. I don't know how much energy I'm going to spend to get Mort back. Don't trust the skull. Don't trust the skull. Don't trust the skull. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll probably do it, but yeah. He... I'm I'm over his shtick at this point. Yeah. Yeah. We shall see. We'll find out. Okay, well, the that is it for episode 47. Tune in mm-hmm. in two weeks for episode 48. Got a lot of interesting stuff happening in the meantime. Um, I think I'm just going to dump all of the Dark Souls 3 videos up on youtube dump them danny played through all of dark souls 3 on twitch Mm -hmm. um and we're gonna make a playlist of that on youtube if you're interested in that that'll be going up pretty soon um you should check out our uh our patreon link is down in the description below but you should check out the patreon because we're gonna have a very special live episode of Mm -hmm. the patreon podcast coming we're gonna be recording that this weekend and uh, all kinds of other delicious stuff. Go check out that Patreon. You can come hang out in our Discord. And uh, that's, that is down in the description below. Check us out on Facebook. Check us out on Twitter. Twitter.com slash range touch. What else? Oh, on Twitch. Um, Twitch.tv slash range touch. God, it's, we need to consolidate. We have consolidated. No, we, we need to just have one thing. We just need to have one super medium. We need to mm. invent it. We, that's our startup. We have purchased CNN. <laughs> That's maybe we shouldn't have waited to the the very end. To, to the very that, end, but. yeah. The, we own CNN now. This is yeah. range touch. Mm. Yeah, we're working on it. We're, <laughs> you can see where we're going. You can see the ideas coming. Yeah. All right. Well. That's this episode. That's the that's the episode. Join us next time for God forbid. Truly. Episode 48. <laughs> mm-hmm. Content. Mm-hmm. All right. Have a, have a good one, everybody. Ciao.